This episode of Truth Table is brought to you by InterVarsity Press, whose vision is to catalyze redemption, restoration, and revival in our divided and broken world. Follow IVP on Twitter at IVPress and visit IVP's website at www.ivpress.com. And by United Artists' movie, Respect. The movie follows the remarkable true story of Aretha Franklin and her journey from church choir to international superstardom. Visit online at respect.movie. table midwives of culture for grace and truth i'm mckinley and i'm christina this table is built by black women and for black women so welcome to the table see how you doing girl yeah we still yet holding on to summer <laughs> summertime summertime listen i know summertime in the yeah. lbc okay so. people know that we are serious about sunlight we're serious about our work you wear your sunscreen you know the ozone wear your sunscreen you wear your sunscreen, black girl sunscreen. Holla at us. Holla hey, at us. Hey. But hey, sunscreen made for black women. Come on now. Come on. We got to support black businesses. And melanin is not enough to protect us from the ozone. <laughs> Listen, we were talking about this the other day. You were like, the sun is, ain't the same as it used to be. We <laughs> have a different sun relationship right now. <laughs> You're like, the melanin ain't going to hold against these sun rays. We ain't trying to get skin cancer out here. You got to put and, on and the And you know how I feel about light-skinned people uh, and their negligent skincare habits. Yo. I have a whole thing about that that's real in-group, but we'll talk about that at another okay. time. <laughs> Light-skinned people, y'all know you got limitations. You got limitations. You will crack up. You will crack up. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm loving this uh black girl theme as we always have on True Staple anyway. Yes, yeah. I'm excited for the topic on the table because we are talking black girl Olympics. We didn't rename the Olympics, y'all. It's black girl Olympics. That's it. Why not? <laughs> Get your own show and you can do that too. Why not? Why not? Black Girl Olympics is on the table. So see, have you been watching the Olympics? What's what's your relationship to the Olympics, period? Okay, let, let me tell you, this is so funny. I, I'm, I'm going to let you into my uh, my household. Okay, yes. so I, I am married to someone who is serious about the Olympics. So serious about the Olympics that last week we had like this Olympic t- tiff. It was a moment where he was oh. like, well, I was raised in the house where we watched the Olympics together. And I know that's not what your family did. <laughs> but for I was what? like, word, bitter Bob. So <laughs> anyway, it's, it's, it's real. It's, it's really serious for my husband. And I, I'm a, I tend to be a person that there are certain events that I'm like, yes, I'm all yeah, about. Right. And, and also I kind of have to be able to follow them. They need to be pretty simplistic <laughs> to me to understand yes. what What's happening? But I I do love like um even though we know, we know, we know there's all kinds of foolishness, power, hierarchy stuff going on behind the scenes. Always. But nevertheless, I do I do love the aesthetic look of these representatives from all around the world representing their nation, um, yeah. representing yeah. their people, their story. Yes. I like what that is supposed to be. 
and I do play along at times. How about you? How are you feeling about? You said play along. That's right. Let's let's just pretend. That they, let's let's pretend and let's ignore the uh, you know racist undertones of the Olympics. We're, we're clear on this, y'all. Uh, but we're gonna find joy. We're gonna find joy, or else we're just gonna be bitter betties all our lives. Okay, so we gotta make a choice. Be better. I want to be better. We got it. Yes, we're moving from bitter to better. Um, you know, I'm so glad you brought that up. There really is a thing like. I feel like the Olympics, like there are some people where it's like you were either raised on it and y'all watched this was your thing or you weren't really, or, or maybe somewhere in the middle, you know, it's, it, it ain't gotta be that black and white, but it's so funny. My little cousin um, had told, my mom wanted to watch the Olympics. You know, my mom, I don't live with my mom, but you know, she was just, I talked to her every day and she was like, oh yeah, I wanted to watch, you know, the Olympics, you know, and, um, and you know, little Elizabeth said, Oh, but you know, we're booby. We're we're not an Olympic house family. We're not an Olympic. Fa- Mind you, she's uh, four or like, wait, she might be three. She been here before. It don't matter. This morning, I was like, <laughs> you know, she, what we do and don't do. Exactly. She was like, we're not an Olympic family. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, what? My mom was like shocked. Okay, and appalled. Like what? I wonder why I watch the Olympics. Like, like, like those people. How you gonna tell me? And so uh, I was just cackling because I was like, honestly, low key, it's kind of true. Um, I was like, we we dip in and out. I, I do feel like when back in the nineties, date myself. I feel like it was much more um, concentrated. I think because you know now cable, they got there's just so much stuff in tre- yeah, streaming, all these things where it was just on NBC, I believe, and that's just what you had, and everybody watched it. By for force sure. or right. by will, whatever you had to watch it, like because your programs were going to be on, your sh- nothing was going to be on. It was going to be the Olympics. So growing up, we did watch it. Um, of course, track and field was the ones that's that's the one I still like to watch. Um, but yeah, so so I've, I've been trying to keep up with it, mm-hmm. you know, here and there. And then this year was just well, shall we get into it? I mean, my goodness, the yeah. mayhem and the drama and the. Confusion. All the things. <laughs> Confusion. <laughs> Confusion in the land, you know. Um, and, you know, just from my good, just from the the ire, the ire that um that that we saw and witnessed uh from Naomi uh, mm. Osaka pulling out, right? And mm. Simone Biles, you know, um um uh, removing herself from some of the competitions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, see. And Naomi, even before the Olympics, just kind oh, of even before, right, right, right. Decisions related to that's just, right. I'm not doing a press conference right now. I need a moment. Right, 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 right. And then you wrote this beautiful, beautiful prayer um, to um, our good God, our thrice holy God, uh, the God of the Hagars. Okay, on behalf of Black women, and I just, yeah, I mean, get your thoughts, see, on just all of these things. It's really a lot. The misogynoir was just. At an it, all-time high. <laughs> uh, it's 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 got some kickback, doesn't it? Um right. one of the things, yeah. So so just dehumanization, the way that um this idolatry uh, that of misogynoir works out is that when when black women resist mulification in <laughs> any way, when we're like, we are natural mules up in here, yep. we are we are fully human. Um, how I don't know, there's been like a pandemic that's really impacted people's lives and ability to live and their mental health. <laughs> the things, okay. And I would imagine that would impact impact athletes because there's so much uh, 
as if I know a lot about working out, but just a swig. There is so much about, <laughs> about being an athlete that is above the neck. It's, it's so much about it that's It's in the head. It's in the brain. It's in right, the mind. Absolutely. Um, and so when, when we see these that's examples, connection. exactly. Examples mm-hmm. of black women stepping forward and saying, I need to, I need to, I need to get my mind regulated. I need a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then the, the vitriol, just the response to that, like, how dare you, how dare you take a break? How dare you remind us that you're fully human? That's the really ugly the ugly part of it, which I think mm-hmm. produced, I can speak for myself, this kind of vicarious and secondary trauma of like, it made me think about all the times where I felt particularly pulled uh, and denied my own humanity, my own rest, mm-hmm. um, you know, my own expression of emotions, mm-hmm. uh, just because it didn't fit neatly into someone else's agenda that they had for me, which is ultimately was to use me. Was was to use Absolutely. me in some way. So that yeah. So that's what that's what was been tapping to me on my shoulder, yes. and maybe some other shoulders of, of our sisters out there. How about you? Well, uh, you know, yes, you you pretty much summarized my feelings and my thoughts. So ditto. Um, but I would also, I, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't also mention. I don't have the details. I'm sorry, y'all. But um, well, I shouldn't say the details. I don't have the names. But the the African women. Um, also, so, so we're talking about across the diaspora about the ways that um, we have been, um, you know, restricted and mm-hmm. uh, policed um, in our beings. And so if, in one sense, it's as if we're um, treated really like as if we're property. We're not. We belong to God and to ourselves. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, in this in, in this instance. Right. When it comes to sports anyway, you get to say no. You know, if you want to say no to this. Um then in another instance where we're treated as if we're superhuman, right? So then there was that um, controversy about African women being um, disqualified from the Olympics because of their testosterone levels, right? So almost, almost there's a, that undercurrent of that, 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 um, you know, that, 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 you know, that, you know, that, that superwoman, you know, stuff that they try to like, oh, you got a little bit too much. So you, you can't compete, you know? Um, and so, it was just, and it was just felt like there was just this onslaught of like restrictions where it's like, okay, these, this group, and I, I and I'll Google in a second, you know, I can give you the names and things um, of who, of those uh, people that were restricted. And then remember the soul cap, mm-hmm. remember that controversy <laughs> where I was like, my goodness, I got a soul cap. It don't give you an advantage. In, like, it doesn't give, it wouldn't give you a speed advantage. Exactly. Out. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. So save your head bald. You want to be bald if you want a speed advantage in swimming. <laughs> exactly. So I was like, um, so them not being able to to use those caps and just the very blatant systemic racism. <laughs> that was so clear. It's like, no, literally, this is systemic racism. You're saying that they cannot use a normal cap or whatever, whatever they deem normal, right? Because normal is what works for um, those of European ancestry, you know, because that's the way it's always been in swimming, you know? So there's always this thing, this undercurrent happening with the Olympics where I do feel a tinge of sadness um, because I, I I look at sometimes the water sports and I think, man, like, and, and you know, sometimes you'll, you'll see, you know, uh, um, Sister Simone Manuel, I, I believe, you know, out there swimming. And I'm like, go ahead, girl, go ahead. But, you know, but then I think, man, like, I feel like we would kill this. Like, you know, if across the diaspora, if we had access, um, you know, to the sport in ways that, um, you know, uh, our, our white counterparts do, you know. And so there's always a little bit of a tinge of sadness when I don't see us always 
fully represented um, in some of those uh, other sports. And that's not to say that, you know, if they had the option, all these black people would want to do it. Who knows? You know, that they get to choose or or not. But sometimes I, I think it's very clear um, that we don't always have access to these things. And we know that pools have been sites of violence um, for us uh, for many years. And just water generally speaking, has been a site of oppression for us too, since the transatlantic slave trade and on. So there are real, we have some very real history, um, traumatic history when it comes to, to water period. But, um, but yeah, so anyway, I just wanted to lift that up because, um, yeah, I, I do sometimes think about that, like, dang, the absence of that. And I wonder how well would we do, like, you know, in this sport, if we had access to it? Well, and just when you think about the fact that, you know, so, you know, if you're going to be in- inclusive, like from an organization standpoint, mm-hmm. you recognize that, you know, equity requires, you know, that you tailor what is needed Absolutely. for each person to show up at their best. And that's mm-hmm. not, that's not preferential treatment. That's mm-hmm. that's equity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, mm-hmm. because you have tailored things to the dominant group. You just don't mm-hmm. realize that you've done that. It's just normal to you. So we've mm-hmm. been tailoring for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so the Olympics is like, well, this this particular cap won't work. And that it seems to me that to be an inclusive organization, then you would need to put your money, resources, and technology in figuring out a cap that is conducive to different hair types. That's I mean, that it. You make that your business. And so um, so I'm not so much, you know, it's not so much like, oh, well, maybe this one doesn't meet specifications for whatever reasons. I don't know. I really don't know all the science things. But 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 I do know that the response just can't be just do the same thing the other people do. And we call that fair. That's not what fairness is. That's not fair. Yeah, it's not equitable. Fairness is not thinking about what is what has been done for white people and saying, now let's do the same thing for other people while denying the unique experiences and needs. And by unique, I'm saying unique as in comparison to the dominant group. It's not absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) It's just different. So, so that's where I would like to see, and and I lament that with you as well. I would like to see, you know, the Olympics or just any organization, a church, a school, a company. That's what equity looks like. That's yeah. that's equity, y'all. Yes, equity one hundred and one. Y'all got a lesson. Listen, and, and now you know. Before we go to our commercial break, I do want to say, I did look it up. Um, if there were two Nam- Namibian te- teens. I thought so. I did. I just didn't want to um, misquote. And their names are Christine Mboma and Beatrice Masalingi. They're both eighteen, and so and they have been running like they have been killing their races um, this year, and they were on the fast track to Olympic medals, like for sure. Um, and then, but they were banned from competing in the the women's four hundred race at the Tokyo Games because their natural testosterone levels were too high. And of course, these women were shocked, and they are fighting it. They will fight it, um, but unfortunately, they ha- they were not able. Um, to race in the games. And that's just so sad. Um, but on that, now I'm gonna leave y'all on that sad note. Think about that. Think about that. Then we're going to come back <laughs> after this commercial break. We're going to come back and just talk a little bit more of the black girl magic that we have witnessed um, in the Olympics. <laughs> and, yeah, and just all the things. So keep it locked. Don't go nowhere, y'all.
sisters, y'all know that here at the table, we do try to make sure that we have paid homage to our indigenous neighbors. And that's why we are so honored to present to you IVP's First Nations version, an indigenous translation of the New Testament by Terry M. Wildman. If you're looking to experience the scriptures afresh, the First Nations version captures the simplicity, clarity, and beauty of native storytellers' oral tradition in English. Whether you are native or not, you will experience the creator's story in a fresh and new way in the FNV. In an easy-to-read style, the First Nations version captures the cadence and feel of an oral storyteller and adheres to a contextual approach using English word choices and idiomatic phrases that are culturally relevant with an effort to refrain from a stereotypical or culturally degrading simplicity. An audio version of the FNV will be available soon. Terry Wildman is the lead translator, general editor, and project manager for the First Nations version. He serves as the director of spiritual growth and leadership development for Native University. He is also the founder of Rain Ministries and has previously served as a pastor and worship leader. Along with Terry, the voices of over 25 Native tribes usher the reader into the cultural and linguistic thought patterns found in their original tongues, following the tradition of Native story tellers oral cultures. This way of speaking with its simple yet profound beauty and rich cultural idioms still resonates in the hearts of the First Nations people. Truth Table listeners, our sisters at the table, you can save 30% off and get free U.S. shipping on First Nations version when you order at ivpress.com using promo code TRUTH21. That's promo code TRUTH21 to get 30% off and get free shipping within the United States when you use the promo code TRUTH21 and purchase at ivpress.com. This offer expires on September 30th, so y'all jump on it. And we are back at the table, y'all, talking about Black Girl Olympics. Get into it. It because we are rooting for everybody black over here. So, <laughs> that's facts. That's always the rule ever since since time. Since oh. I've been watching Olympics, we root for everybody black. This is oh, so there is a system to this. It's what is the system? The diaspora. So that it's first priority. <laughs> In addition to that, I literally I look at people based on like their experience with each other, like colonization, like who who's oppressed who. I'm like, okay, I need. I need That's the right. one. I need, oh, I need. I need everyone who's experienced this form of oppression. I need them on the stands over the That's other. Right. I recognize that on an individual level. Okay, you may not have had anything to do with something that happened in 1655. I get that. But for me, uh, yeah, it is like uh, Olympic reparation symbolism. <laughs> we, get, we, don't, we don't get how we can. <laughs> Hey, we symbols are a part of the package. Symbols are a part of the package, and so yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, I'm a, I've got a whole, I got a whole order. Of, that of, is so do funny. Yeah, I mean, listen, same year, same year. I'm like, we root for everybody. Like, great, wonderful, Jamaica's sweet, <laughs> amazing. I make where's my Jamaican flag? Let me, let me, uh, let me pretend. So, <laughs> listen, listen. They're Jamaicans on. They're they're Nigerians on the islands anyway. So let's go ahead. I'm gonna claim them. <laughs> Let's go, go on, wave it, wave it, y'all. So, <laughs> I've been amazed. It's been amazing just to watch all of the sisters just doing it. I was so happy when I, uh, well, I think I was asleep when this happened, but when I woke up. When, when, whenever you discovered it, whenever it came up. I was asleep when this happened, Sally. But when I woke up 
and saw that the, the Jamaican sister swept. Let me see. Let me say their name. Shelly Ann Fraser Price. She's actually 34, I believe, and had a child and everything. And she made Olympic history at the, um, oh, I'm sorry, in 2008, she made history there too. But she also, she won the gold medal here um, in this event. Um, And then now, let's see. Also, it wasn't just her. It was also uh, Elaine Thompson-Hara. It was Fraser Price and Sharika Jackson. So they took gold, silver, and bronze, respectively. Okay, Jamaica, stand up. I was just so... So so happy for them. You would have thought it. You would have thought. You would have thought I won. Okay. So <laughs> I was like, yeah. So you would have thought that you won, and that you was Jamaican. <laughs> listen, listen. I believe. Listen. Pan Africanism all the way. Okay. So, and I just and of course they gave God the glory. They said God has been good to us. Facts. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, You know, I'm always here for that. Yes, recognize that it was gold that gave you this ability. You know. Um. So yeah, they were like, we are blessed. We are a blessed nation. Um, is what uh, I, I believe uh, Fraser Price said. You know, so I always love when I see people. You know, of course, give God the glory. Also reminds me of Flojo, who also did um, did that often as well too. You know, may she rest in peace. But um, you know, so seeing her take the gold, seeing Simone do yeah. the vault because she had the twisties. You know, and, and yeah. when you have the twisties, that I've learned earlier since this week now. Teach us. Teach us. <laughs> In 2020 and 2021, you feel like you got to be an expert on everything. You're like, man, I got to, let me. And thank that for you too, because hey, I now know how to braid hair because of the black women. Yes. That you yeah, you're, you're doing a great job too. That's what I'll say. <laughs> Keeping yes, yes, the children yes. laced. Um, but uh, yeah, so anyway, she has a two, she had the twisties or I, I think she still is dealing with the twisties. Simone Biles is. And so that's when um, in my little, you know, bootleg yeah, uh, translation. It's when you it's when you um uh, you cannot grasp your placement while you're twisting in the air, which is very dangerous. One false move, you can severely injure yourself, possibly kill yourself if you if you fall on your neck or one wrong move. You're talking about um you it can really lead to death. Truthfully, so so she has she took herself out of competitions that required her to flip and turn and do all those things because yeah. um, she, as she's dealing with that, but she did do the vault and she got a bronze and she did, I, she went in, not, I, I don't think thinking that she was going to medal, but she, I think she just wanted to go in and do it for herself. Yeah. And so, which I was like, much respect to her. And she went and got a bronze and said that that's, this is the most um, memorable and most cherished um, medal of all for her, obviously for very obvious reasons. Yeah. No, she's um, been, She's been such a role model of just perseverance and compassion. So just the things that she's done, just off, just kind of off the record or behind the scenes yes. and caring for other women, other women of color, other black women on that team, um, yes. opening up, opening up kind of her, her home, her gym, um, just these, yes. these stories of just restoration and support. I mean, she's really been paying it for it. The, the thing about the Simone Biles story for this Olympics, I mean, going into it, Certainly, she had all the pressure of the world, this expectation of like, you're the greatest. You, She is the yes. GOAT. These are facts that still she remain is, she is. Mm-hmm. right now. Absolutely. Um, but, but knowing that she was going into it with basically being given, for lack of a better term, and, and, and there, in that field, a handicap, a handicap in her, mm. in her scoring. Mm. And meaning that because she can do things that no one else can do, instead of just scoring her at right. this level right. of excellence. <laughs> so she, she went after her. Yeah, and I and I as a counselor just started to think about, you know, one, there's 
tons of performance anxiety. There's there's just so much weight. There's so much hype to live up to and live into. And then you're already going in with, with a scoring deficit specifically for you, targeting yeah, you. Yeah. And, and you are being targeted not because you've done something wrong, but because you are excellent and because you are able to do exactly what others Absolutely. cannot do. To know, know that and to go in with a demerit in advance, I was like... I was like, wait a minute now. And I mean, and I thought about in, uh, you know, cause you know, I've done, you know, hiring stuff and worked with organizations, just, just kind of what we call cognitive errors, right? The way that we set candidates up to have to reach a particular bar. Yes. The, the way that we psych ourselves out of, um, the best candidate <laughs> all the time because of our own biases, right? The Insecurities, we- right? Mm-hmm. The way we make people jump hoops, I can't tell you the amount of times I have I have seen examples of, for example, where there have been been men of color, particularly uh, men of men of African descent, um, Southeast Asian men in in rooms who would demonstrate some type of confidence in their an- answers, and how that can be read by organizations as haughtiness and, and cockiness. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. because when I see a Not white guy, place. that's mm-hmm. called passion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when they lose their temper, that's passion, right? Mm-hmm. And so it just that just it reminded me. And I think this Olympics in a lot of ways is reminding people, particularly who work in like HR, diversity, equity, that kind of stuff, of just just all the games and all the extra op- the extra hurdles, right? To use Olympics language Absolutely. that people of color have to jump mm-hmm. um, just to just to be able to participate. So that sucks. It sucks hard. It's terrible. Absolutely terrible, you know, and just, yeah, it, not to mention just Simone is a sexual assault survivor. She's been persevering through all of that. In, 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 in spite of all of that, she has been carrying that for years upon years upon years. After the Larry Nasser abuse, the fact that anybody would want to compete for the United States Olympics team. <laughs> Right. And and to hear like some of these kind of obnoxious statements of like, um, you know, she needs more grit and tenacity. Exactly. Excuse me? (laughs) Who are you? Who are you? And this was coming from from everybody. Like, you know what I'm saying? This wasn't just a black and white thing. This was coming from everybody. Okay. And so, (laughs) you know, so I just like, this is just. It was out of control. It was just out of control. So I was so happy when she got that. I, I, I first, I, when she said she was competing, I was like, oh, I was like, no, girl, sit, sit, sit down, sister. Because I did not see something bad happen to her. I'm yeah, because like, I, I was like, keep sitting, sister. <laughs> keep sitting. You know, but then she went forward. I was like, all right. You know, and then she went and I was like, okay, girl. You know, because I'm just like, take your rest, girl. Just take a listen. Nothing. I just want the sisters to rest. That's I really do. I'm like, go ahead, go rest. Yeah, you know, I feel the same way, Serena. I'd be like, girl, you, you ain't got no, you ain't got no brute to us, Serena. You ain't got no brute. Just go ahead. You just, you, but she, she gonna keep going. Go ahead, sister. Do whatever you want. You know, whatever gives you joy, whatever gives you peace. Just we support you. I just, <laughs> just, I just want women, the black women, to get what is owed to them. Whatever, y'all. <laughs> whatever. You okay? I ain't mad. I ain't mad. You know, so anyway, I just, yeah, there's just been a lot going on. Oh, and I I cannot fail to mention um, Allison Felix, who is now tied with Carl Lewis for the most medals at 
uh, um, in the Olympics. She has 10 right. medals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 10 medals. Let me double. Yes, she t- she took bronze in the women's 400, tying her with Carl Lewis for the most Olympic medals by a U.S. track and field athlete. So she too is the GOAT as well. Mm-hmm. We got we got a couple GOATs. We got a couple GOATs, y'all. <laughs> and just, just shout out to, you know, all the grown women, grown, grown women, <laughs> right, who, who reach a particular, you know, age or time period where it's like, let me hang this up and walk away. And, and there were many people who did write her off um, as she got a, you know, a touch older. And as she had a child, it was what, what can her body do? And I think I was looking at a report that said her, her speed actually increased um, since she has had this, since she's had her child. That's just, that's a huge deal. And that's such an encouragement, right? I think, I think there's like a sermon illustration in there about the ways in which we write ourselves out about what our future will be. Yeah. Especially as we get older, what we take off the table, what oh, we assume yeah. happen for us, what we assume yeah. what will slow us down. But you never know how God could be shaping and working the things that are supposed to be holding you back to be the very things that launch you forward. Exactly. So receive that sermon illustration. Receive that word, y'all. Receive that word. For real. <laughs> Because you're right, we will count ourselves out and we'll put our dreams into a box and let them collect dust, you know, and be like, okay, my time is out. And God says, nope, did I say? Did I say? You know, and we know that Allison, you know, is a believer. And, you know, so it's just, uh, yeah, it was just really, really good to know that. And I didn't know that her time had increased until you told me that. And I was like, what? That's amazing. So mm-hmm. listen, don't tell me what God can't do. You just be faithful. You just be obedient. And you just mind your own business and, and take a nap on Jesus and take a nap, take a nap, take a restorative naps because that's what Jesus did. And do what you're supposed to do. Naps. Do what you're supposed to do. So, <laughs> y'all, we're going to take one more, one more break. And then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about another little controversy. Well, um, and y'all just, we're going to talk about the ways, the things that happen in the background um, for black yeah. women that shape. Um, just even their their performance. And so uh, so don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. Respect, starring Jennifer Hudson, follows the rise of Aretha Franklin's career from a child singing in her father's church to her international superstardom. Aretha handpicked Jennifer Hudson to portray her in this film, the remarkable true story of Franklin's journey to find her voice and never lose faith. Her music shaped a generation, topping music charts with anthems still relevant today. From Think to Respect to Amazing Grace, Jennifer Hudson's live performances of Aretha's songs demand to be seen on the big screen. Respect also stars Forrest Whitaker, Marlon Wayans, Audra McDonald, Titus Burgess, and Mary J. Blige. Watch Respect in theaters now. Hey y'all, we are back at the table talking Black Girl Olympics. Hey, what? <laughs> where your medals at? Where your medals at? <laughs> Listen, where your medals at? I'm like, what would I get a medal in for the Olympics? I don't know, shoot. Something Look, I, I, I saw one of uh, one of our friends, a uh, brother, brother pastor, a uh, professor, uh, posted oh, something. Yeah, like, brother John. <laughs> that was like, you know, that he would his uh, his uh, sport would be would be judging others, and I laughed and laughed, and then I thought like. Is that my sport? <laughs> he was like, yeah, I'll get a gold medal in judging people. I was like, yeah, you ain't lying. I think I'd get a platinum. <laughs> I'm <all> help. 
can you disqualify me from that competition? <laughs> <laughs> Holy Ghost is trying. Holy Ghost is trying. So, <laughs> Holy Ghost, listen, Holy Ghost ain't done with us yet. Okay. So, <laughs> Very obvious. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> so, I mean, my goodness. Y'all, I mean, I just thought it would be worthwhile for us, you know, see in our in the last couple minutes of the show to talk about um, the adversities that shape um, the performances of, you know, black women um, athletes. So of course, we, we can't, we will be remiss. Oh my goodness. If we didn't talk about Shikari uh, Richardson and Raven Saunders, right. And Simone Biles again, right. As um, Shikari uh, Richardson, she learned in a very, I consider a traumatic way to learn oh, yeah. that her biological mother died from a reporter yeah. At a press conference is how she was informed. Um, and so, and that's what led her to, uh, to uh, smoke marijuana. I was like, wow. Yeah. This smoke is very- I don't know. I can't remember. Oh, oh, wait, I, don't, I don't know. Actually, I don't know how she, you know, um, I don't know uh, how, yes. how, how, how she used it. But, but yeah, yeah. Um, and so that, so they found that, you know, marijuana in her system. Um, and then Raven Saunders, uh, you know, she mm-hmm. took home a silver in the shop. I believe. Yes. 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 Silver medal. Yeah. For women's shot put on Saturday. Um, and she raised her hands as a cross. She's an LGBTQ um, athlete, 25 year old. Um, and she took the form of an X on the podium. So, you know, as a, mm-hmm. you know, showing standing up for people on the margins and, and the oppressed. And she said, this is the intersection where all people um, who are oppressed meet, you know? And mm-hmm. so uh, of course the IOC wanted to, um, uh, suspend her um, or take some actions against her. Um, but then we learned that her mother died uh, after, right? shortly after she won that um, mm-hmm. that medal. Um, yeah. And then after Simone won her bronze, we learned that her her aunt died um, suddenly. I think, I don't, yeah. I don't know if it was while she was competing or after, but. It was, it was, yeah, I think it, I think it was, it had happened probably, you know, obviously unbeknownst to us, the right. people at home, right? Right. Um, that was a part, that was a part of her backstory as she was competing in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. I just think about the ways in which um, just death. Yes. The burden of death and, and the deaths of incredibly significant black women in our lives. Absolutely. Just the way it just knocks the wind. <laughs> I mean, everybody, all all the peoples, right? Um, experience just grief in their lives, right? I don't, I don't think there's one group that suffers more, you know, so to speak. But this particular narrative of loss and then just, you know, lift your chin up and keep going. It's it's it is so disturbing to me. I was thinking about you know women I know who black women I know who have who have lost children. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and have had jobs that are like, okay, but when you, you know, when you okay. come <laughs> I'm like, what? and you know, I always give people ample warning. I'm like, if the following people die, I'm going on a, a minimum of a year sabbatical. Absolutely. <laughs> like, Absolutely. I'm not sure what would happen. And I think people need to have some, some humility about the dynamics of grief. I mean, grief is, is so unexplainable. It rocks us to our core. Oh, I mean, you just anything that would define anything that would make you go like, "Who am I? What is today? What is tomorrow? What is meaning?" Mm-hmm. Grief does that. Um, mm-hmm. 
And, you know, so yes, and to, and to not have, you know, compassion, to not have understanding, to not know that a, a that a young woman, I'm not sure how old Shakari is. It's, it's She's a young girl. Yeah, she's about 20, you're about 22, 21. She's young. Um, you know, if that, and, and I'm just thinking, um, and that doesn't mean that because you have a younger numerical age, you, you lack wisdom per se, but there is something to be said about as we get older, we experience more and more grief. <laughs> these, are, these are just the facts. If you That's keep living, right. yeah. people are going to keep dying. This is, this is also kind of the reality. So you keep living, people keep dying. Yes. And I think I look back on the, the losses I had as a, as a young adult and the losses that I'm having now as a non-young adult <laughs> currently, um, and just how they have taught me things, mm-hmm, how they mm-hmm. taught me like who I need to reach out to, how I need to build in time for crying, how I need to. Well, I would tell people when I was counseling how you have to schedule breakdowns. Like you mm-hmm. need, to schedule, you need to schedule when you're gonna lose your mind. Yeah, when yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell, you know, back in the day, I would say get yourself some old phone books and you know things that you can rip up. And it's twelve noon on Saturday. It's time for you to flip out. Why? Because yeah, yeah. you deserve the space to just to process. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has been heartbreaking to watch and to know also that there are women who identify with those stories of loss and yet still have the burden and obligation of showing up with Keep excellence. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, all of those stories were just like so profoundly, you know, relatable really. I mean, from Shikari Richardson, my goodness, at that age, I was queen chief Fraka at that point. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even save it at that point. So I was most definitely <laughs> crumbling nerve. And so, but you know, um, she had, I mean, listen, she knows, Shakari's clear on the rules. She knows, like you know, and there was I didn't. What I didn't appreciate about the narrative was just almost like uh, there was just no grace. There was no nobody turned to wonder, huh? I wonder what made her, you know, um, uh, take the substance, you know, um, in whatever way she she took it, you know, and it it was just like there was just no compassion. And then we got to learn, oh, it was her mother you know, um, that passed away. But even then there was still like a lack of compassion. And it's like, look, y'all, man, you don't, unless you have gone through that, you don't know what that type of loss is. I mean, I lost my father around that age. Um, and that shapes you, that changes you. Grief is a cruel teacher, cruel teacher. Um, and you won't ever, ever, ever graduate from the school of grief. You just don't. Not when you lose your mama and your daddy. And you lose your grandma, whoever, whoever is close to you, whoever it is that you cherish and you love and adore, you don't leave the school of grief. You just do not graduate. You do not matriculate from that institution. I wish. I mean, I really do. At some point we will, right? Um, when Christ returns and we are reunited. But yeah, right now it's hard. It's tough. So well, and to your point about those people that we love and adore, we don't know what we don't know how that will rock us. But even the people that we have unresolved relationships with, right? And I think that's one of the things that's that enough. Yeah, exactly. That, that when I think about uh, counseling with people, the people who I who I have seen that have been the most stuck, it wasn't the person that they knew that they knew that they knew loved them deeply. Exactly. Yeah. them. It is often the person with the unresolved like like the mother who did not raise them. Yes. <laughs> you Correct. know Correct. that that is because there's no on this side there is no remediation for that nope. that we're aware of. I mean now I do believe in miracles. I mean, I do believe in, um, I do believe that, you know, um, our story is not over and, but, but in a very, but in a very natural sense, you know, we don't have the ability to pick up a phone and work out an issue. 
You know, no, we didn't no. have an opportunity to see a person get better. Like we didn't, we didn't see the recovery story, whatever it might have been. You didn't and get to is, repent to each other. You didn't get to do. There's so many things you didn't get to do. So many things. And there's so no many. resolution there. Yeah, and this is the sober reminder that while we have breath in our bodies, to make things right. Yeah. <laughs> as, as much as it is on us, as the scripture reminds us, as much as it is within it our mm-hmm. to live to live at peace with people, and just to, to even play that painful game of imagination. If they were gone today, what would I have wanted to say? Absolutely. What that would I have wanted to counsel? Yes. What would I wanted to admit or acknowledge, right? What would I wanted to let go? Um, and because that is just how fleeting life is. Yeah, it is. It is. So I know we're ending a little bit on a sober note, but y'all, I mean, you, <laughs> have to, you know, but this is life, right? It's, it's joy and pain, you know, you know, sunshine and rain. Uh, you know, so it's just, <laughs> sing it with me, okay? <laughs> oh no, singing now, God's children, Joy. Hey, 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 it up now, bring it back. Bring it back. Oh, oh, come on, now, sunshine. What else? What else? What else? Hey, come on, children. <laughs> pump it up, pump it. Up. I don't even care about showing my age no more. Okay, I'm stuck in the '90s, and y'all gonna deal with it. And so, <laughs> I feel like that's when it ended. <laughs> Like, is there any more good music? What's happening? (laughs) There are no more love songs. That's a whole nother episode of Truth. (laughs) No songs. There are no good parties. Goodbye. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, hey, this was great. I loved having this time to talk about Black Girl Olympics with my sister C at the table, my fellow gold medalist in judgment. Apparently, help us deliver us, Lord. I'm getting disqualified. Lord, we can disqualify by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. <laughs> and of course, we want to thank y'all for taking a seat at the table with us this week. Let's keep the conversation going. Sweetest, your thoughts about Black Girl Olympics. We know y'all got thoughts because y'all had a lot to say on Instagram and you had a lot to say in the Facebook Black Women's Group, which you need to go ahead and join us on Facebook. Follow Truth's Table on Facebook and join our Facebook group today, y'all. Um, and invite your homegirls too. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Truth's Table and email us your thoughts at asktruthstable at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes and subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Truth's Table has a Patreon account so y'all can send your love offerings to patreon.com slash truthstable or you can bless us at our page. PayPal, which is paypal.me slash truthstable. Truthstable is made possible in part by Pottery Studios. Visit pottery.com for the highest in quality online audio entertainment. Our producer for the show is Joshua Heath. Our executive producer is Bo York, and we have been your hosts, Akemini, Michelle, and Christina. We'll see you soon on next Truth Table. Bye, y'all.